welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we are ready to party, and we're the best of friends, and we're gonna go down to the river. <laughs> I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are talking about the 2011 comedy Bridesmaids. Oh, uh, guys, Bridesmaids! I'm so excited! Uh, Kristen Wiggs Mean Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I I think I think that might have been what she was going for. I'm so glad we're here. I'm glad you're glad. You know who I wish? I wish we were having guests first of all. But you know who I wish was a guest on this right now? Who? Cammy. Yeah. I, I can't. Cammy always liked this movie. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. Talk about supporting women's art. This is a woman-run podcast. Like, I'm the woman and you're the honorary woman. I'm actually half woman on my mom's side. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, folks, speaking of supporting female-run podcasts, go check out the Patreon. Absolutely. I'm a guy, guys, I, I, yeah, in, no. in case you don't know. No, no, it's just, <laughs> except when you're mistaken for a lesbian from behind. I would like to meet <laughs> a woman named Ross. I think it would be really cool. <laughs> All right, guys, it's Wig. Are we ready? <laughs> I'm wigging. Oh, can we start saying that? That's so wig. No. Uh, I'm wigging? Absolutely not. Like Kristen wigging? <laughs> I'm engaged. Oh my God. He asked me last <laughs> night. <laughs> what is happening? So will you be my maid of honor? Of course I will. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. No, just whatever. Yeah. Throw the bachelorette party. Yeah. In the shower and. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go meet the rest of the bridal party. Come on. You get to punch it a couple times. You remember my cousin Rita? <gasps> they just bought a new house. It is gorgeous. I wouldn't know. I only see the kitchen and the laundry room and the ceiling in my bedroom. Sometimes the floor. This is Becca from work. This is your husband? Oh no, I don't know him. I'm single. I was so distraught when I was single. And I'm fine being by myself. Oh, Becca. This is Ducky's sister, Megan. You must be Annie's fella. I'm not, he's not, I'm not with him. I'm glad he's single, because I'm gonna climb that like a tree. You have to meet Helen. You're so pretty. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Did you come from work? What are we doing for the bachelorette party? What about like a princess theme? Versace meets the gold rush. I'm thinking tanned gentlemen that swallow fire and wear sarongs. Female fight club. We grease up. Surprise! Beat the crap out of her. I don't hate it. Vegas it is. I had a dream last night that we went down. Oh, God. You were in it. What? Excuse me, ma'am. Please return to your seat. She's not great at flying. I have something that might help you relax. I'm ready to party! Oh, yeah. You should come to Lillian's wedding with me. No. This is some classy. Jeez, Megan. 
I'm sorry, I want to apologize. I'm not even confident of which end that came out of. We're wrapping up Women's Month, guys. Yeah. I'm glad this is our final selection. Yeah, me too. Oh, this was the comedy. I was 15 years old when this came out. I was 19 yeah. and uh, maybe not as appreciative of it. <laughs> and you know what? No, it's not a blockbuster comedy. Like, but it's... Well, not the way people acted. It's a funny... It's funny. Like, come it's on. funny enough. It's the awkward, cringy... Oh, comedy of the cringe. But still somehow mainstream funny, like, I don't mm. know. What do you mean you don't know? That's what The Office does for like seven years. There are a lot of people from The Office in this movie. <laughs> well, it's Apatow, so sometimes it gets a little unappetizing. You're fired. I am. <laughs> Thank you. Unappetizing. It was great doing the show, Carrie. <laughs> Guys, today's film is directed by Paul Fag. All right. Yeah, I know. He directed The Heat. Oh, I like the heat, two, though. Two years after this, he also directed the remake of Ghostbusters in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can see that, can't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Has also directed several episodes of, you guessed it, The Office, <laughs> Arrested Development, yeah. Nurse Jackie, Mad Men. Oh, here you go. Oh, guys, I love me some Mad Men. 30 Rock, Parks and Rec. This is, this is... This is unappetizing, guys. Yes. Like that is that. This is that Apatow network of comedic actors that we've all come to know and love, guys. It was written by Kristen Wiig and her friend Annie Mumolo. Yeah, Mumolo. M- Mumolo. And uh, guys, they they won an Oscar. They won an Oscar for this screenplay. Yes, and I get did. it, Carrie. An Oscar? Yeah. I get it, but like, I'm glad they won. All I'm saying is, Annie Mumolo, did you? Is this semi autobiographical? <laughs> The main character's name's Annie, so I'm I'm just wondering. <laughs> we are dealing with Annie Walker this week and her um basically Annie's just pursuit to make everything about her shitty life in the course of being the maid of honor in her friend Lillian's wedding. Yeah. Her best friend Lillian's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> her BFF she, forever. She wants you to know. She is Lillian's best friend. Yeah. And guys, you know what? Yeah, there's not a lot of message here. (laughs) Like, this is, we're really just watching a woman's life spiral. Out of control. And this this happens in friend groups. It, not necessarily women specific. Men do it in their own way. Yeah. Uh, But like, it's just the, the human notion of why are we not all about me right now, you know? Yeah, like, you know those people that try to make your entire friendship about them and them alone? Yeah, they take the... Those opportunities when people are paying attention to go, I know this is happening, but like, I'm a mess. And if we could pay attention to that, please, because it's a cry for help. Yeah. Even though they won't accept the help when offered. And oh, we're going to be frustrated. Oh, we're uh... we're going to be frustrated during the course of this plot. I'm telling you what. But like, wh- I think what we're really here for is the female comedic cast. Oh, yeah. I think what this film was lauded for more than anything was the female comedic performances over, you know, the writing and production uh, value. And then and why didn't anybody from this film win a performance Oscar? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You're so right about that. <laughs> You're so right about that. It did almost make $275 million. Ooh, that's a lot. I know, I know. <laughs> it came out right as you were graduating. It did. In May of 2011. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... I'm sorry. You didn't mean to date me because (laughs) you don't mind doing it when you do it on purpose. I would never date you. You're my sister. Stop. (laughs) 
Oh, you mean day. Okay. Yeah, like carbon date. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> well, we can carbon date you on the podcast. Aww. Listeners, write in. Who wants to get Carrie Ann carbon dated? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you might have guessed it, but we've got names and, oh, we've got to fly. Oh, oh man. we've got to fly. Oh, we do. The, the ensemble cast this month have been out of control. Starring Annie Walker is Kristen Wiig herself, and you will know her from her Saturday Night Live tenure from I've, 2005 to 2012. I was going to say, I feel like she left SNL not too long after this. But can you believe she left SNL 11 years ago? Yeah! Ooh, what the fuck? Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Uh, She's standing there swaying back and forth, trying not to sob. Like, SNL was already getting different. Yeah. And then when she left, it was just like, well, why are we even still here? <laughs> you know, all the goodies from the early millennium had left. Speaking of, playing Lillian Donovan. Oh, man. The bride of this bridesmaids extravaganza. We have the one, the only, the incomparable Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph is kind of wasted in this movie. I mean, a little bit. Yeah, who'd have she's, thought she'd we'd cast her as the straight man, yeah, right? She's one of the funniest women in existence, and she's the straight man? This is the Rashida character. Uh, yeah. Rashida Jones is f- hilarious in her own right, but uh-huh. she's the best. Her, Jason Bateman, like they're great straight men to all of these other com- <laughs> to all of these comedic actors. Like, and you will know her from her tenure. On Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. You have you have Tina and Amy, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, and then you have Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, Maya Rudolph and Kristen Wiig have been in countless other sketch programs, television shows. They pop up in movies. Anchorman. Oh, God. Like, my God. And, I mean, we love her because she is the voice of Connie the Hormone Monstrous on Big Mouth. Yep. On Netflix. Uh, Grown Ups, Disenchanted. She was in the Shreks. Yeah. Oh, not the Angry Birds movie, Maya. <laughs> Playing Helen Harris III. Oh, Jesus. The scheming little bitch trying to weasel her way in to be Lillian's <laughs> best friend and take over the wedding plans. <laughs> We have Rose Byrne. Please welcome her back to Kicking and Streaming. Number three, isn't it? Yeah, because she did. was with us when we did Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2. Renai. Renai. She's Renai in those movies. Please welcome to Kicking and Streaming as Megan Price, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Yes. I love Melissa McCarthy. I loved her in this movie. This movie made America fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, everyone just started lighting their money on fire and throwing it at Melissa McCarthy after the release of this movie. She's hysterical. She she is hysterical, but she, there were a lot of comedies about wackadoo women <laughs> that came out over the last decade. Uh-huh, yep. She is starring in all of them. <laughs> And I mean, that's fine. The way she's literally about to be a singing sea witch in the live adaptation. Listen to me. Live. It's all computer generated, people. <laughs> in the live adaptation of The Little Mermaid. Guys, I mean, Carrie Ann 
loves Megan McCarthy, first and foremost, for her, I almost said Rain, for her role as Sookie St. James on Gilmore Girls. Oh, of course. That's where we all start. That scene. What am I talking about breakout role with this? I'm yeah. sorry. I forgot about Sookie. And, and and how dare I, really? Yeah, come on. Gilmore Girls, uh, such a treasured childhood favorite. She's also Molly on Mike and Molly. Yeah. Another successful sitcom. The Heat was great. Was- I, I paid to see The Heat twice. We did, didn't we? We went to see it in theaters twice. <laughs> and, like, that's with Sandra Bullock. And, like, I, I love that movie. It's a buddy cop film, which, I mean, fuck 12. But, like, <laughs> after that, Tammy. Yeah. And Spy. Yep. And the boss. <laughs> and then she had a weirdly dramatic role in Can You Ever Forgive Me playing Lee Israel. Like, oh, wow. She got an Oscar nomination for that. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and mention this, mention this here. Her husband's in this movie. If there's a movie that Ben Falcone can direct, Tammy, Spy, <laughs> the boss, he's going to cast his wife in the in the main role. Those are all Ben Falcone films. That's great. And he is Air Marshal John. <laughs> Not Air Marshal John. Not Air Marshal John in this movie. I just wanted to get Ben out of the way. Yeah. Um, guys, playing Rita, another bridesmaid, we have Wendy McClendon Covey. She is- oh, Good job on that surname. Yeah, she- You- Okay- the, the other than this, the only other place I can pick her out of, she's the concierge in the Winnipeg hotel that Michael Scott goes to stay in yes! when they visit Canada. Yes, she is. <laughs> and that he sleeps with the night after. Yeah. Oh, brother. And like he, she leaves his shoes for him in the hallway. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, she was also on um, the Goldbergs on ABC. Uh, Reno 911. Oh. oh my god, all these movies. Yeah. Like Single Moms Club, Think Like a Man, Hello, My Name is Doris. Playing Becca, we have Ellie Kemper. <laughs> of Office Fame. Of the Office Fame. She was Aaron on the Office, and of course, she is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. And when we love Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And playing the Irish cop, Nathan Rhodes, <laughs> we've got Chris O'Dowd. You guys will know him from the IT crowd. He's great in the IT crowd. <laughs> the IT crowd's amazing. He was in the Cloverfield Paradox. Would love to see him in that. Oh, brother. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, he's also on Girls. He was nominated for a Tony for the stage adaptation of Of Mice and Men. Oh, nice. Yeah. Guys, playing Judy Walker, Annie's mother, we've got Jill Clayburgh. Um, accredited film and television actress Jill Clayburgh. I love in the bloopers. When they when she keeps messing up saying all the dirty things. No. And Kristen Wiggs like, I just I just can't believe it. you're Jill Clayberg. <laughs> and we're making you say these horrendous things. What are some things Jill Clayberg's been in? She's in an unmarried woman from nineteen seventy eight, starting over from nineteen seventy nine, stuff from the seventies. <laughs> she passed away before the movie came out. Oh no. Yeah, I think she had cancer. Oh, that's terrible. I know. R.I.P. Jill Clayberg. This was your finest final role. <laughs> There's only one final role for everybody, Ross. <laughs> Not make me look like an idiot. <laughs> I already did it. I already did it myself. <laughs> Playing Annie's roommates, Gil and Bryn, are <sighs> Tweedledum and Tweedledumass. We've got Matt Lucas and Rebel Wilson. I love it because Matt Lucas literally played Tweedledum in uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> From 2010. Which, listen, Ross says that in his mind he edits the cop out of this movie. I edit these idiots out of the movie. Yeah, you, Carrie Ann said to me, Matt Lucas is currently ruining the Great British Bake Off. He is! <laughs> I don't like Rebel Wilson because she got fat on purpose so she'd get more roles. I mean, it worked. I don't care! 
cats. Uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, I only really like Rebel Wilson and Pitch Perfect, which we will do. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll have to. Yeah, I know. Playing um, <laughs> playing Doug Price, Megan's brother, and the groom who Lillian is marrying Ew. is Tim fucking Heidecker. Of Tim and Eric. Of Tim and Eric. You know, Tim and Eric, super awesome show, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie, Carrie. No. Listen. Don't ask me to cover that oh my train God. wreck. Talk about fool-ass films. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Listen. No. I'm saying Carrie, no. you're right. Well, we need guests for that. <laughs> we, 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 we need guests for Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. Tim Heidecker has no lines. Yeah. Absolutely no lines in this movie. <laughs> I, he was just, like, around. And yeah. he was like, God, I'm looking for work, you know? like Because <laughs> I love Tim Heidecker, but, like, he's so... Yeah. It's so cringe. It is. I can't, oh, my God. Terry Crews playing Rodney. For five seconds. For five seconds. Uh, we've got um, John Hamm. Yeah. Playing Ted, Annie's horrible fuck buddy. You know, I didn't know he was funny before this. Yeah, I know. He's super funny. He's <laughs> actually really funny. <laughs> you will know John Hamm, of course, as Don Draper from Mad Men. Which, like on this man. He'd already been Don Draper for four years by the time this <laughs> came out. And then... And then, like, around the time this came out, that's when... What is the name of that SNL sketch where Kristen Wiig does the baby hands? Lawrence Welk Show. Yeah, the Lawrence Welk Show! And yeah. then he's on that skit <laughs> yeah. with yeah. Kristen Wiig! Alright, guys, we have to get into this content because we've been sitting here for a half an hour. Yeah. John Hamm and Kristen Wiig are too much. <laughs> in this opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, this scene i can't even imagine imagine if you brought your teenage daughter to see this literally like yeah and, and this is how this opens i, I can rem- i can never i'll always remember watching this for the first time be like i did not think i would ever see Kristen wig this way <laughs> in a sex scene and, and especially not with john ham like see but it's so not serious so it's w- it's the cringiest most slapstick sex i've ever seen on screen so we're at ted's <laughs> I my first note is I hate Ted. Ted is a douche canoe. Just all of the shots of him having sex in various positions, <laughs> and it's it's I went I wrote how uncomfortable. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. You know what I think? Uh, I think maybe we're on different rhythms here. Oh 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 oh. The shot of oh 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 oh. No! And, like, I, yeah, I just did not think we'd ever see Kristen Wiig this way. And then, like, the next morning after they fuck, she literally... This is Annie, right? This yeah. is This is Annie. And she she gets up out of bed to put on a face of makeup so she can look pretty when he actually wakes up and notices her the sneaking back into bed. L- listen, Ross, that is a thing some women do. The little cough so he'll wake up <laughs> and see her sleeping there like a Disney princess. Guys, Annie... Is kind of insufferable. She is. Just putting that out there now. And we are going to have to deal with her shitty life for the majority of this plot. Yeah. And I get it. Like, we're watching a woman have an episode and she doesn't feel like there's any support. Yeah. This is a woman who does not want your help, but wants to bitch about how everything's wrong. Yeah, I get it. And I mean, that's not just women, guys. Yeah. 
I be doing that on the rag. <laughs> yeah, you I do. don't be asking for help, but then I'm bitching about how wrong everything is. And Annie's life is rough because she's still single in her, like, what, late 30s, I think? And, like, the only person she can get to pay any attention to her is awful Ted. And she is his number three. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> just one of his many flings. And, like, he's always so, so insistent on reiterating that they are nothing to each other. He is just kind of talking her out out of the house like they're done fucking he does not he's like oh you slept over uh, you don't have a rule against that and I'm like alright Ted and he the, just the way they're having this cringy boundaries conversation even though it's not a boundaries conversation wow, this is so awkward I really want you to leave but I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick oh <laughs> the pause afterward is priceless it's silent I don't know how to say it without sounding like a dick. He got right to the point. Because we were all feeling the same thing. Oh, boy. And then just cutting to her just walking down his driveway, but the gate's closed, and she can't get it open, so she decides to hop the gate. But while she's bow-legged on the gate, it starts to open slowly with her on top of it. Because the housekeeper's here. Yeah. (laughs) The housekeeper's letting herself in. And then that song starts... The song from the beginning of Mean Girls. It's just a different cover of it. It's just a different cover. Yeah, no, I fucking love Maya Rudolph, guys. After our little opening credit sequence where we get shots of both Chicago and Milwaukee, where our action will be taking place, we meet Lillian. They go to lunch at a little cafe and... Girl talk at the shop. Yeah, girl talk at the shop. And Lillian says that... Annie sleeps with Ted because she doesn't feel good about herself. And uh, I'm sorry, Lillian, I see no lies. Lillian's a good best friend. She is. Lillian makes several attempts to poke into Annie's issues so that maybe we can talk them out and deal with them. Mm -hmm. But Annie always deflects with humor. Yeah. Because, oh God, no, don't help me. Yeah. Because that's an inconvenience, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I don't want to be the person that needs help. It makes you feel like shit, you know? You're a total catch, and any guy would be psyched to be your man. You should just make room for somebody who's nice to you and... You know what? He's honest. He told me that we are what we are, and we're just having fun, and I like that. He also told you you need dental work. He's an asshole. (laughs) And I kind of get why Annie feels the way she feels, because this is where we have to talk about a very big failure in her life, right? Yeah. Annie had the misfortune of opening a bakery right before the recession hit. Yeah, Cake Baby. It was called Cake Baby. It had an adorable logo with her cartoon face on it. It did not go well. It did not go well because the recession didn't go well for anybody. Yeah, they had to close down the bakery and her boyfriend left her. Yeah. Who opened the business with her. Yeah, so that, yeah, not only did that go under, out from under her feet, but now she's just kind of put off baking, right? Like, yeah, it, it even was a passion. It was something she loved to do, and she's actually quite good at it. Yeah, I know. And, but now, just because it's associated with all those negative memories, she just <laughs> pushes it away now. And now, she's forced to work at a jewelry store behind the counter. She's so sad she works a jewelry counter. Yeah, like, she has 
has to sit there. Her single older self has to sit there and watch couples pick out rings together. This couple, yeah, this couple is asking her recommendations for rings. And she's like, oh, you guys getting married? Well, can you really trust anybody these days? (laughs) You cannot trust anybody ever. Especially someone you're in a relationship with, you know. They're living with you. You don't know who you're sleeping next to. It is scary. I mean, look at him. He may not even be Asian. (laughs) The Asian comment. No. The way she points at her fiance and goes, look at him. He might not even be Asian. Like, he could totally be lying to you. Kristen. You know Kristen wrote that line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know Kristen wrote that line. I I know. There's another similar type of joke that will come towards the end. That is unappetizing. Yeah, for real. (laughs) You know what? Her boss is right. She's bad at her job. Yeah, she sure is. Those two people turn around and flee. (laughs) Flee is the word. Okay, okay. Gil and Bryn. Yeah, we got to talk about Annie's roommates. Annie comes home from her shitty day at work to encounter Bryn, her roommate's sister, who is staying with them on a tourist visa from the United Kingdom. Yeah. Bryn got a free tattoo today. <laughs> he was like, it's for free. So I said, sure. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Bryn. It's a Mexican drinking worm. It's like a Native American symbol, okay. meaning wasted. Okay, Bryn, just so you know, it's really. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. You? Have you seen your sister's tattoo? It's really infected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we get a little bit of ice on it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, uh, a bit some frozen peas on there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She lifts up her shirt. <laughs> it's all over her back and around her side. Oh. And it's infected. Visibly infected. The way she tells her to go put a bag of frozen peas on it, you know, <laughs> to calm down the anger of the infection and the inflammation. And she opens the bag of peas and pours it on her back. <laughs> and Gil's like asking Annie for her rent, like for her check. And she's like, oh yeah, no, it'll be fine. No, it's coming. So things yeah. aren't exactly stable for Annie right now. And then, oh boy, we get even better news. She comes over for a wine and magazine party to Lillian's apartment, and Lillian reveals that she has, in fact, been proposed to by her boyfriend, Doug Price. Yeah. (laughs) Tim Heidecker. Tim Heidecker. And, like, I just, I don't, this is, uh, it's the way Annie begins to lose it privately inside. Because this should be a happy moment. This is her best friend. Yeah, and they're both going, oh my god, oh my god. And like, Annie's like, what is happening? And... <gasps> oh my god, it's got hot. You did? Yes. You okay? Yeah, my pits are sweating. What does that mean? Like I don't know, I'm hot. Oh my god. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I'm wearing a ring. I can't believe it. Lil, you're getting married. I'm getting married. And you'll be my maid of honor. God, of course. <laughs> of course I will. It's like in this, it's like she's swirling down toilet. Yeah. It's like Lillian, she feels like Lillian has thrown her in a toilet and flushed hardcore. And now she's circling the U-bend. And I get it. I, we have all dealt with these kinds of insecurities. Friends move on in life. Things happen for them. And you begin to feel insecure. You begin to feel insecure about it. Like you're going to be left behind. Like you're going to be forgotten. Like they're not going to have time for you. And guess what? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that happens. It doesn't mean they don't love you. Yeah. It just means they're doing them, and that's okay. And Annie is way too old not to know that. Yeah, she sure is. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, goddamn right. If this was a movie about women in their early 20s, 
I could see it. These women are in their mid to late thirties. Like, yeah, no, come on. Which girls. I'm glad it's happening for Lillian. I'm glad she's getting married. Like, yeah. Anyway, she and then of course Lillian asks Annie to be her maid of honor, which is a lot of responsibility. It is a lot of responsibility, but not as much as this movie would make you think, is it? Yeah, no. I feel like I feel like the maid of honor is in charge of the bachelorette party. Maybe she helps with the wedding shower. I feel like one of the mothers usually helps with the shower as well. And But, like, yeah, Annie's in charge of planning so many different things. Guys, we just watched this together, her and I. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I, I'm sorry that I'm mentioning this and taking up airtime. It's just I loved this moment. There's a little 30-second depression reel yeah. for, for Annie after Lillian asks her to be in the wedding. And, like, when she's... When she's having a depression lay down in bed, the way you just went, oh, I love that headboard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not paying attention to the emotion of the moment. I'm just focusing on the decor. God, I love that headboard. (laughs) She goes to visit her mom, Judy. Oh, mom. And Judy is one of those people that likes to attend AA and NA meetings, despite the fact that they're not an addict. Yeah, she treats it like a zoo attraction. Yeah. She's like, oh, those people are so inspiring. Yeah. I'm like, Judy, no. And using this, uh, using this outlook, she kind of tells her daughter, you know, Annie. I have been thinking, honey, that maybe this is your bottom. I'm telling you, hitting bottom is a good thing. Because, because there's nowhere to go but up, yep. right? Yep, that's so, what you say. Yeah, positive message. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the pep talk. Oh, mm. honey, anytime, anytime. I think this might be your bottom. And I'm like, I think maybe you've hit bottom. Can we not be so dramatic? I know. It's so much. But, you know, Judy says, you know, hitting bottom is a good thing uh. because there's nowhere to go but up. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't think we're there yet. I mean, we will be. We will be. <laughs> now we're going to Lillian's engagement party. And the locale is Trey Gallant, right? Yeah. The Sheffield Hunting Club. It is swanky mm, up in here. Gross. This is money. Yeah. <laughs> the way she has to tell the valet he has to hit the clutch a couple times to get the car started. <laughs> She rolls up at the... I wish I wrote down what kind of car it was. It is a piece of shit. Yeah. And we go into the engagement party and we, you know, we find Lillian and then we meet Rita for the first time. Yeah, we're going to start meeting our bridesmaids. Rita's got teenagers, all boys. Oh, and she hates every second of it. A husband who only wants to have sex with her, not be in a relationship with her. Rita is definitely one of those white women on Facebook who is always sharing the memes of... Motherhood is such a gift. Yeah, I know. And I, I love happy wife, happy life. Like all of the passive aggressive memification of her own life. They are cute, but when they reach that age, they're disgusting. They smell, they're sticky. They say things that are horrible and there is semen all over everything. Okay, they're disgusting. I cracked a blanket in half. Do you get where I'm going with that? Do you? I cracked it in it's the way she goes, I cracked a blanket in half. Oh. Do you get where I'm going with that? Yeah. I cracked it in half. Maya, Maya Rudolph going, what? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be polite, but listening to someone say something insane. Oh, no. This movie? 
part of the comedy of the cringe is the fact that all of the characters in this movie are chronic oversharers. I wrote that down when you said it out loud. <laughs> Everyone in this movie overshares. <laughs> Speaking of oversharing, we move on to meet Becca and her husband, Kevin, who's definitely lighting the loafers. A little bit. Um, we'll come back to that later. Oh, my God. But they're newlyweds, and they can't wait to tell everyone about it. I love Ellie Kemper. She plays the same character in everything she's in. Yeah, she does. She plays Ellie Kemper. Yeah. And that's okay. I'm fine with it. George Clooney got away with it for decades. Yeah. Like... So, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, this is your husband? No, 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 I don't know him, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, so sorry. I'm not with anybody, I'm here solo. <laughs> Let's start it again. I'm, I'm Rebecca, this is my husband. You don't have a husband. Sorry. <laughs> what she's saying to Annie, like, this is my husband, that's right, you don't have a husband. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's like that Aaron cringe, you know, like from yeah. The Office. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then. Oh, here she oh, is. Oh, here she is. <laughs> we have Dougie's sister, the groom's sister, also a bridesmaid, Megan Price. Megan is the best character. She is. She is hands down the best character. She is the weirdest and best character. She's the only person in this entire film that actually has their shit together. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. And she is the craziest motherfucker of them all. Megan works for the National Security Agency. You know, the NSA? We will find out later she has the highest possible security clearance in the United States. And we're telling you that now because we want it to terrify you throughout the film. And the whole Megan introduction is perfect. <laughs> Lillian brings her to Megan. This is Dougie's sister, Megan. Oh, hi. I, I, <laughs> and then Lillian walks away, leaving Annie alone with Megan. All right, a maid fell off a cruise ship. Oh, but I'm back. Shit. I'm, but yeah, oh shit. Yeah, oh shit. Took a hard, hard, violent fall, kind of pinballed down, hit a lot of railings, broke a lot of shit. I didn't, I'm not going to say I survived and say I thrived. I met a dolphin down there, and I swear to God, that dolphin looked not at me, but into my soul, into my goddamn soul, Annie, and said, I'm saving you, Megan. It's when we get to the dolphin <laughs> that I'm absolutely a puddle. <laughs> what the fuck is she talking about? It's so funny. He said, I'm saving you, Megan. Not with his mouth, but... I guess just like he sort of telepathically, we had a connection that I don't even know if I can. Oh, Jesus. It's how serious she takes it. Yeah, it's. Uh... She's talking about how she broke her whole body falling off a ship and was <sighs> saved by a dolphin. It's just one of my favorite introductions to a character on screen that exists. Oh, my God. It's just like, who let her open her mouth? <laughs> like, she wrote her own part, right? Like, none of this was in the script. It's, like, I'm sorry. It's too funny to have been written by Kristen Wiig. It's great to just set Megan McCarthy's fuse and let her go. Yeah. She's when, like Robin Williams that way. When she does Sean Spicer <laughs> yeah. on SNL. <laughs> Hello, and I am here to apologize on behalf of the press, on behalf of you. To me! <laughs> oh, okay, we gotta move on. I know, I know. We gotta move on. I know. And then we meet the villain. We meet Helen Harris III, who is in a full ball gown. Yeah, no matter where Helen goes, she's overdressed. To be here at this engagement party. You, you see what 
Annie's wearing. Yeah. Like the blazer. And she's, the... Just wearing, she's wearing a cute little mid dress with a blazer over it. It's appropriate. And then here comes Helen in full eleganza, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. She's just, there's not a hair out of place. You know her asshole is perfectly bleached. I, we will find that out. And she just like, I, uh, Renee. Renai. Renai. I, I can't do that. No, you can't. Rose Byrne does a really good American accent. She does. She's an Aussie. Yeah, I always forget. I know. She is Doug's boss's wife. Yeah, and somehow, you know, her and her husband and Doug and Lillian have gotten close, I guess, ever since they started working together eight months ago. Helen, this is Annie. Oh, Hi. There she is, maid of honor. Oh, so... Lovely <laughs> to meet Lillian's childhood friend. You're, you're so pretty. <laughs> you're so cute. Oh, you're so sweet. The way Helen says to Annie, who is Lillian's best friend? It's so nice to meet Lillian's childhood friend. <gasps> That's the first, like, if the dress wasn't the first red flag, that certainly is. Oh, no. The- Helen is so disingenuous. She's completely two-faced. Yeah, yeah, no. It's really bad. But, like, Rose Byrne is so good. I know. She does it really, really well. And, guys, they have these speeches. The maid of honor speech that Annie is then given the opportunity to give, she keeps it so short and so sweet. And I'm sorry, Annie, you probably should have said a little bit more than you did. Yeah, you probably should have had some words prepared because this happens at engagement parties. You make toasts and, you know, the players make speeches, right? And Annie is not prepared. So her speech is a nothing burger. And then Helen gets up there and she's trying to make sure every single person in this room knows that Lillian is her best friend. Not a dry eye after Helen gets up and talks, right? And she talks for like three to four minutes, you know, like. Yeah, and that means that Annie has to one up her. Yeah, no, Annie's like, this is literally the moment where Annie decides this is going to be all about her. Yeah. And about what kind of friend she is, you know? Because Helen's been here for five minutes, right? And she's super insecure about how close Lillian and Helen have already become. Guys, this embarks upon six to seven of the cringiest moments on screen. (laughs) One right after the other. I wrote, this is excruciating. They're having, like, a best friend off. It literally happens five times. Yeah. Where one of them goes up, says trying to one-up the other of what they just said, and oh no, the singing. That's what friends are for. In good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. That's what friends are for. When this scene ended, I typed out in all caps, I hated that so much I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Yeah, I know. Because Annie is pissed. She is pissed that Helen is in the bridal party to begin with. And afterwards, she says as much to Lillian. Annie says to Lillian, like, you know, she's only been your, she's only known her for like eight months and she's in your wedding. Yeah. And Lillian's just like, listen, just get to know her, you know? Go out and hang out together separately from everyone else. If you give her a chance, I think you'll really like her and I think she'll really like you too. <laughs> um, when it she... does not work out like that. No, when Annie's in the car monologuing to herself on the way home. Her, I wrote her losing it to herself on her <laughs> drive home. Oh, hi, I'm Helen. Oh, oh, you live in Milwaukee? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, do you, have you met Lillian? Oh, she's my best friend. Oh, yeah, I know. We've only known each other for five minutes. Oh, oh. 
She gets pulled over by Chris O'Dowd or Rhodes the cop, right? Yeah, Rhodes the cop. And, like, that's the thing. He's pulling her over because her brake lights are out. They've been out for, like, a, a year. year. Yeah. <laughs> Can relate. Yeah. Um, But, like, she, I love how Rhodes, like, gets a look at her driver's license and he's like, oh, we live really close to each other. Yeah. Like, he's all business to begin with, but then he realizes they're neighbors. When and- she's trying to smile to get out of the ticket, and I wrote, she thinks she has it, but she just <laughs> doesn't. I know. I used to work on Ashley. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Where? Um, I had a bakery on the main part of the street there. Oh. Cake baby. Your cake baby. Yeah. Yeah. You had your sign. It was your face. Yeah. That was you. That was me. <laughs> you make good cakes. He remembers her bakery. I'm like, oh my god, he knows about Cake Baby. Like, the way this devolves from him giving her a ticket to tearing the ticket up. And also giving her a good deal on a, you know, automotive repair. Yeah, because his buddy owns a shop. Bill Cosby. With a Z. (laughs) C-O-Z-B-I. Cosby. Cosby. It's funny, but it's not funny. Uh, And, like, like, they just kind of have, like, this nice little human moment. You know, like, he can see that her life is not going well well right now from the shittiness of her car to the state of her appearance to her erratic driving and her taillights being out. All I'm saying is the scene right after she meets him, she's baking again. Therapy baking. Therapy baking. She's only baking one cupcake, but... She, I feel like she hasn't done this in months, but even though she hasn't done it in a long time, she's still exquisite at it. What does Teresa Lancaster say in The Keepers? It's cheaper than a shrink, right? It is cheaper than a shrink. <laughs> and, like, she makes this one cupcake look like an orchid. It's actually very, I, I like, I know it's not Kristen Wiig doing it on camera. Those aren't her hands, but, like. It's still, I was like, oh, I wouldn't even want to eat it. Yeah. It's so pretty. She's so sad, Carrie. I know. She's so sad. And, like, I would feel worse for her if she wasn't a fucking look-at-me, look-at-me asshole. <laughs> look at me, look at me, I'm an asshole. Like, I... Okay. I know, I know. Okay, so now we're, we've gone to the tennis courts, right? Because this is the outing where Helen and Annie are hanging out to get to know each other, right? Yeah. So she's taking her to the country club, you know, to play tennis with a couple of Helen's friends. This is just like when Diana and Camilla went to eat dinner together in 1980. How did I know we were going to come back to this? God. This is like when Princess Diana and Camilla Parker Bowles at a dinner talking about Charles. Like, it- play tennis and Dirty Deeds by ACDC starts playing. Carol, get your shit together, Carol. And they are pelting each other with tennis balls. Literally. They're not trying to get it to land in the court. They're just trying to hit each other with the ball. And I just, isn't this where 
your affectionate nickname for me comes yeah, from? Yeah, when yeah, I call you Carol when you're out of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where this comes from. Carol? Because Carol is Annie's tennis partner. And, and she keeps fucking it up. Carol! Get your shit together, Carol! So Annie is planning a little lunch, a little bridesmaids lunch before they all go to their uh, bridesmaids dress fitting. They're going to eat air quote authentic Brazilian, which I don't know what she thinks authentic means. This cheap, sketchy joint. Yeah, and <laughs> oh look, you can get your checks cash next door. <laughs> oh brother, <laughs> there's like, a dog. There are dogs fucking in the parking lot. <laughs> did you see that? I like, didn't actually. Oh I missed that entire. <laughs> Oh, man. And, like, listen, I do feel like Annie is really trying to make this a good time for Lillian because I know this is may not be what everyone else would have picked. Yeah. But Annie knows Lillian. They've been friends since childhood, right? Yeah. So they're trying to have a nice meal. and Eating all different kinds of slabs of incorrectly prepared meats. Like the cross-contamination in that ki- I don't even want to think about what that kitchen looks like. No. No. And so one of Lillian's lifelong dreams has always been to go to Paris, right? Yeah. So Annie suggests to the group the theme for the wedding shower should be Paris. Mm-hmm. You know? And Helen immediately says that's a weak idea. <gasps> and that it's, you know, that's kind of been done to death. And so they start talking about other suggestions. Becca suggests a Pixar-themed wedding. Of course she does. <laughs> and Rita says, okay, fuck the shower. Let's talk about the bachelorette party. That's what matters more, right? Mm-hmm. Rita just wants to get away. She wants to get away from her ch- from her sons and her husband. She doesn't give a fuck where they're going. She just <laughs> needs to get away somewhere tropical. Yeah, I know. You know. But you know what Megan suggests? Oh, no. Fight club. No! Female fight club. <laughs> we grease up. We pull in. Lillian doesn't know, so it's, surprise, we're going to fight. We beat the shit out of her. She's not going to forget that. We, we just fucking attack. This is as good a time as any to remind you that this woman works for the government. Yeah, like... Like, I... I don't... Ugh. So once we're done with lunch, we're going to the dress fitting, right? For, yeah. for Lillian's wedding dress. This dress shop is it's so called, much. It's called Belle en Blanc. Which literally is just French for beauty and white. Ah. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I get it. It's a wedding dress shop, but there's an undertone there. Yeah. There's literally a call box to get into this place. Which I'm like, what? And the, 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 the box comes on and goes, sorry, we're not taking any more fitting appointments today. And then Helen gets in the microphone. <gasps> Helen Harris? Hi. I'll, I'll buzz you right in. Ooh, I bet Annie. Oh, I bet Annie feels small. This is going to go so poorly. Oh my god! Because we get in and we're looking at what are we looking at? We're looking at the Fritz Bernays, right? It's a Fritz Bernays, oh ladies. My god. I, I just don't think we can do any better. This is, this is beautiful. That is gorgeous. Uh, it's unique. It's special. It's couture. This is made in oh, France. This is um, this is eight hundred dollars. Okay, it's on sale. <gasps> oh my god! Are you serious? The, the Fritz Bernays? That sounds like a dog. Like that's yeah. That sounds like a fluffy breed of dog that is bred only to live in your lap and in your purse. This is also where Lillian divulges that Helen is having this French fashion designer design Lillian's wedding dress, and I'm like. Well, that's a shitty taste in Annie's mouth. Like, yeah. Lady St. Petsois Juju, to be specific. <laughs> and this is also where we start to notice not everyone 
looks like they're doing so hot. <laughs> well, they are doing hot. Like, they're all standing there. They're sweating. Yeah. And they are becoming visibly uncomfortable. Helen says, let's break it up. Let's all get a dress that we like. And they're all horrible choices. No, they are. And then when they're all standing before the store clerk in all of the different dresses, and they are, yeah, they're sweating profusely, and it's just getting worse and worse. Everyone's having a bad time except Helen, because Helen didn't eat any of the meat at the restaurant. That's right, yeah, she opted not to, and she was right to do it, because they all have <laughs> fucking food poisoning. Oh, I think my, my, my dress was probably just tight. Oh my god. You got food poisoning from that restaurant, didn't you? No, I had the same thing that she had, and I, I hope you're fine. Oh my, okay. Oh no. Nothing's happening. Oh my god. Everyone goes to the bathroom at once, and I need y'all to buckle the fuck up. Oh my god. This part is disgusting. I don't mind which dress we get, I just need to get off this white carpet. It's the way, it's the pan shot into Kristen Wig, sweating through that white, awful dress, and she goes, I think everyone has the flu. <laughs> Cut to Rita, projectile vomiting into the bathroom. <laughs> the vomit hits the toilet before she does. <laughs> not, and not even in the bowl, all over the back of it. And Megan comes up behind her, is like, I need the toilet, I need the toilet! She's not gonna make it. And she projectile lava shits into the sink. She sits in the sink! Megan, no! Look away! <laughs> what did we eat? Oh! Things are goner. What are you doing? It's coming out of me like lava. <laughs> We've got to fucking look at me. And then Becca comes in behind both of them and vomits on the back of Rita's head. And all of this horrible regurgitation is interspliced with Helen asking Annie if she's okay. She offers her like. Jordan almonds out of that little crystal dish and they're like great flavor and you know they taste like candy. Better? I was just hungry. Yeah, everybody's really sick from that restaurant. Oh. But it wasn't the restaurant. Oh, no, no, no. Lillian, oh, no. where are you going? I need a bathroom. Which, by the way, now that the bathroom is completely occupied, poor Lillian in the big wedding dress has nowhere to go. And, like, she runs out the front door of the wedding shop and goes right into the street. She's running across the street to go to a bathroom across the street, and she, guys, she doesn't make it. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. And she's just getting lower and lower in the street. It's happening. No. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It happened. What are you doing? It happened. Oh, no. Don't you dare ruin that dress! Well, you're really doing it, aren't you? You're just shitting in the street. So that went really, really well. And, you know, because Annie is back on her old shit, we, we're with Ted again, right? Yeah. And, like, the thing is, is that I, I want to like Ted. I know. Because he's hot. Yeah. So I'm not... And John Hamm. Yeah, and John Hamm. And I'm not surprised that she can't break this horrible pattern. She even goes as far as to invite him to be her date to Lillian's wedding. Yeah, she asked him to be the wedding date. And, and he's, he's like, oh, I don't want you to have to explain our relationship over and over again. That'd be, like, super sucky for you, right? And then he kicks her out again. Literally. Like, I, I hate this man. I hate him I so know. much. I know. It's so upsetting. 
So because she's upset, she goes to the liquor store. The the, the labeled emotional juices. <laughs> yeah. And she picks calm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who's in the liquor store? <laughs> it's it's a Scottish cop Nathan. Not Scottish. Irish Irish officer Rhodes. He can see that she's sad, so he offers her a loose carrot from the bag he pulled out of his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a cop night? Well, I wouldn't call it that. They're just out on the hood of his cruiser because he's got nothing better to do, apparently. Yeah. They're out on the hood of his cruiser talking through her anxieties about her best friend's wedding. And, you know, he's telling her, you know, you should take all this nervous energy you're feeling and you should pour that back into baking. Yeah, it's a good suggestion. It's a good suggestion. Hey, you know, instead of uh, stressing out about this wedding, you know what you should be doing? Setting up a new bakery. No, I'm kind of done with that. What? I don't do it anymore. All right. Ew. Ew. Oh, you got the ugly carrot. What? (laughs) There's one in every bag. You have to eat it. It's good luck. I'm not eating this. Yeah. The thing is, is that he's just as awkward as she is. Yeah. And just as socially inept. And the thing is, is that the awkward on awkward is kind of working. (laughs) Yeah. They enjoy each other's company. They stay up all night talking, and then when it's daylight again, he's out there on the side of the highway letting her play with the speed gun. I know. It's ridiculous. That's your tax dollars at work. Absolutely. Ugh. So Annie has this idea for the bachelorette party, right? There's this old lake house that they used to go to as kids. And she's thinking, you know, girls weekend to the lake or something. It sounds lovely. And affordable. Yeah, right? Like, just take an inner tube out with a Mai Tai and get drunk in the water. She sends an email to all the bridesmaids with the idea. (laughs) And not five seconds after sending it, Helen Harris III is calling to question her suggestion. Hello? I just got your email. Um, Lake House? Yeah, um, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's Lillian's parents' house. We used to go there all the time in the summers and everything, and it's, it's one of Bachelorette our- in a cabin? This is so awful, because somehow, in those five seconds, Helen was able to call all the other bridesmaids. Yeah, no. And get them excited about her suggestion (laughs) to go to Vegas. To go to Vegas, yeah. Which, guys, just, I'm not dogging Vegas. All I'm saying is that we've already got a movie about how a a pre-wedding party in Vegas is a bad idea. I know. (laughs) But Becca (laughs) Becca wants to see concerts, and Rita wants to have sex with someone who's not her husband. Ah! You know, like... And here's the thing. I think Helen wants to do Vegas because she somehow knows that Annie is afraid of flying. Yeah. Because that would exclude Annie from the trip. Exactly. Oh, it's so awful. Because Helen also goes to the extra pains. I don't know how she engineers this, but she goes to the extra pains of making it so that somehow all of the other bridesmaids are in first class on this airplane. And Annie is by herself in coach. The plane. Oh, yeah. The plane is here. The The plane scene is easily one of the best ones in the movie. What is Megan wearing? Me- what is Megan wearing? The golfer's cap and <laughs> that top. And, and the character heels. I know. What is going it's on? It's perfect. 
So like like you said, they're in first class and Annie is not. Like Rita and Becca are sitting together and Lillian and Helen are sitting together. Megan thinks she's sitting next to an air marshal who is being played by her husband, Ben Falcone. Yeah, she's like questioning this guy. She's like, you're an air marshal, aren't you? Air Marshal John. <laughs> not Air Marshal John. I don't want to fringe on your privacy, man. I just, um, I really appreciate what you do for this country and I respect the hell out of you. That's great. Not an air marshal. I'm going to take a nap. Awesome. Cool. I'll take the first watch. I'm not an air marshal. There's no, you don't need to take a watch. Okay. I've got the first watch. (laughs) This is, why, why does she have all the best lines? It is, it really is. I I swear, they weren't written. She just says them, like. I know. And like Rita and Becca are bonding over how poorly both of their marriages are going. Yeah, no. Um, like obviously Rita hates being a mother to those horrible teenagers. And being entered by her husband for no reason. Well, that's the thing. He'll have sex with her, but he hasn't kissed her in five years. And Kevin only wants to have sex with Becca after they've both showered separately. And they have to do it in the dark, under the covers, <laughs> missionary style. Which, listen, I don't want to make any assumptions about Kevin, but uh, it kind of sounds like Kevin doesn't want to sleep with her, frankly. Kevin is gay. i That's what I think. That is what I also think. And Annie has the, un- she's sitting next to this nervous woman on the plane, and it doesn't make her feel any better about being nervous on a plane, because this person is played by Annie Momolo. Uh-huh. And she's somehow an even more nervous flyer than she is. Really hoping this flight just is quick and we get there on the ground safely. I'm not a good flyer, I'm sorry. I had a dream last night that we went down. Yep, it was terrible. You were in it. What? Oh, God. Sounds like something's happening. Which, guys, if you're nervous to fly, I'm not coming for you. Like, I'm also nervous to fly. I'm not this bad. But the idea, the concept of being in a 747 and being in the air does fill me with dread. While I will say that this movie is very Why Aren't We All About Me, we just have to say right here, right now, what happens next is not Annie's fault. No, it is not. Because, because like we said, Annie's nervous And to get her to calm down, Helen first gives Annie a Valium to, like, friggin' relax, right? Literally. But it doesn't work. She's too amped up. So Helen then comes back into coach and gives Annie her scotch. And I'm not talking about couple of fingers of scotch i'm talking like a full glass of scotch and let's just mix this all with the valium yeah she downs it all in one gulp scotch is a sipping beverage yeah no she does not sip she gulps and then this is what we're saying this helen has done this on purpose so that annie will make an ass out of herself and boy does she ever helen sabotaging annie she's such a like, I, I know! Some, like, like Annie is insufferable, but Helen is in fact a like. Yeah, like, oh my good grief! And you guessed it, Annie is hammered. Dranny. Dranny, oh no! I am cringing to death again when she's like, I'm excited and I feel relaxed and I'm ready to party with best of them and I'm gonna go down to the river <laughs> she's just she can't she's not 
it's not the time. Like she she gets thrown out of first class because she's not supposed to be there. Oh, this this is a very strict plane we're on. <laughs> This partition should be open because it's civil rights. This is the 90s. And then, like, she tries to sneak back up into first class. <laughs> she just puts sunglasses on like she's a different person now. <laughs> she sits down next to that guy, and the same steward comes up to her and goes, Ma'am, um, no, no it's, it's not me. <laughs> you were just out here, and you put sunglasses on. Out. But I don't want to. Sir, she can have my seat, okay? Everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. No, ma'am, I'm afraid that's not allowed. Help me, I'm poor. No. And, like, they're trying to get it to where she can stay up here for a little bit, but no, it's policy. She has to go back to coach. Which, all I'm saying is we need to get rid of this system on airplanes. It's classic. It is classic. Oh, I'm paying a lot more money to sit in a seat with a bit more room around it. Yeah, no. And it's not even... It's not even that. Like, I swear. Meanwhile, Megan is sexually harassing the not air marshal in front of the entirety of first class. In front of everyone. Because he's coming out of the bathroom, right? So they're right up front. Everybody's got a front row seat. She sticks her whole leg up in front of him to block his way. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, what's that? I got to get back to my seat. Could you just move your leg, please? I got to go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, somebody found a souvenir. You feel that steam heat coming? That's from my undercarriage. Okay. That can go up and higher. Okay. You know how many times they had to actually film this? I bet it took a lot. they could not stop breaking (laughs) Ben Falcon and Melissa McCarthy. We need to go watch the bloopers after this. We we absolutely do. I, I bet they are just belly laughs. And then... And then yeah. Annie is finally back in her seat in coach where she belongs. And this is the moment because the scotch and the volume have diverged in her system. Absolutely. And she is looking out the open window and her eyes get so wide. She becomes alarmed. <laughs> we hear one of the stewardess get on the PA to start talking to the passengers and she interrupts her on another PA. She's in the back of the plane. Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. It appears we have run into a rough patch of weather, so I have please... an announcement, too. There is a colonial woman on the wing. It's a woman on the wing. I saw her. There is something they're not telling us. Right. There is a colonial woman. She was turning Steve. butter. She was turning Steve butter Peter. on that wing. She is out there right now. What? <laughs> And by the way, it turns out John, not the air marshal, is actually John the air marshal. Everyone remain calm. I'm an air marshal. <laughs> and she's just like, Megan's just like, yes, yes. I got your back, John. <laughs> so the plane has to make an emergency landing in Wyoming. Yeah, they have to emergency land in Wyoming. And it's a, she ruined the whole trip. We yeah. see them next on a bus going back to Chicago. They don't even get to do Vegas. Yeah. They're d- and oh, man. It, listen, I know Lillian is full of rage. It's time for some tough love for Annie, though. Yeah, like, it's time to be tough with Annie. And Lillian doesn't even yell. She doesn't even, you know, take Annie's full inventory. She just, as nice as she possibly can, tells Annie that she will not be planning any more events. It's just starting to make you crazy. No, well, I'm fine. I mean, well, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. You're not fine, Annie. And we need things to just flow smoothly from now on. And Helen, 
Lucas knows how to do this kind of stuff. She does it all the time. She's good at it. She likes doing it. But to be clear, this is all Helen's fault. It literally is. Like, she did this on purpose so that Annie would make an ass out of herself. Annie was kind of trying there. Oh, no, Annie did make it easy. But, like, that might not have happened if Helen had not meddled. Literally. So she's ruined Vegas. And since none of the women are talking to her now, Annie is finding herself hanging out with Officer Rhodes. He's the only friend she's got left in this world. When they're done laughing after she's explained everything that she's gotten her and the bridesmaids into, he's like, wow, you're like the maid of dishonor. (laughs) And then they go home and they have the most awkward fumbling sex. And the most awkward morning after ever. Well, no, see, this is where our opinions are going to differ a little bit. Because number one, at least even though she was a one night stand, he didn't have the gall to kick her out immediately afterwards. Yeah. You know, and then here's the thing. This is where Ross and I disagree because she wakes up in the morning. It is weird that he's staring at her. That is weird. I I will not take that away from you. But he's made her a cappuccino and she gets dressed and she comes out into his kitchen and he has gotten up early and gone out and picked up some baking supplies. He wants them to bake together that morning. Because I thought that it would be fun for us to bake together today. I mean, obviously you will be doing the baking. I will be doing the eating because you are the expert. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to, sorry, you went to all this trouble, but. Come on, I know you haven't done it in a while, but it'll be great. Don't be silly. Just get into it. You're so good at it. And Ross's opinion on this is that this is kind of crossing a line, right? I mean, he doesn't know her like that. Like. Well, but he knows that she loves to bake. Like, he just wants to jump right in and like. What do you mean? jump right in he wants like, to like jump right in and like help her fix like everything in the moment i and, completely like, disagree i don't think that's what he's trying to do i think he likes her and wants to spend more time with her i mean we can both be right well i don't think we can actually because you're saying he did something wrong and i'm saying i'm not saying he did anything wrong you it's said just a lot your words were cross the line Which, I mean, it does cross the line a little bit with her. She gets upset about it. Well, just because she's offended doesn't mean that it's... It crossed her line. No, I don't agree because... It did. No, because number one, she was not at all upfront with him about any of the reasons that she doesn't bake anymore. He doesn't know. He literally didn't know. And all he's trying to do is create a nice hangout moment with them. I'm not saying that he didn't do something nice. I'm saying that... It was too much for her in the moment. And she overreacts. Yeah, she does overreact. (laughs) She does overreact. I'm glad we agree about that. I don't know what you're getting so upset about. Because you don't know me. You don't know anything about me or my life or... Well, no, because... I don't know what you're trying to do here. I don't need you to fix me or... To fix you? I don't need any help. I mean, who do you think you are? Jesus, Annie, we had a really good time, and now you're being all... It's my fault. I shouldn't have come here last night. Last night was... A mistake. He's just trying to get her to have new memories with baking. And so she doesn't hate doing it anymore. And she's like, I don't need help. I don't need you to fix me. Like, this was a mistake. Like, he's not trying to fix you. You're just running away from a good thing like you always do. We we have that little scene where we get the invitation to the wedding shower. That's been prepared by Helen? Yeah. Oh, this is so much. Please play the voiceover. 
Please join us for a Parisian brunch at the home of Helen Harris III to celebrate the marriage of Lillian Donovan and Douglas Price. Let us shower Lillian with gifts and love. Respondez, s'il vous plaît. Yay! S'il vous plaît! Yay! And she opens the box and a monarch butterfly flies out? <laughs> oh my god! It's, it's too much, because Helen's been given control, right? But Ross, what is the theme she picked? Paris. Remember the idea she poo-pooed back at the restaurant before they all poo-pooed themselves? Ugh. Like, what the fuck, Helen? We see Annie again at the jewelry counter. And this young woman comes in wanting to get a best friends forever inscribed friendship bracelet. This is a teenager. She is about to lose her shit on this teenager because her relationship with her best friend isn't going well. And again, Annie is bad at her job. (laughs) And they start to have this little back and forth and it just escalates and escalates. What do you have, four boyfriends? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Have fun having a baby at your prom. You look like an old mop. You know what? You're not as popular as you think you are. I'm very popular. I'm sure you are. Very popular. Well, you're an old, single loser who's never going to have any friends. You're a little cunt. The way everybody looks (laughs) up. And she looks like a dog who's just gotten into the trash. (laughs) She's cleaning out her locker in the next shot. (laughs) Fired. (laughs) You think? (laughs) insult to injury, Bran and Gil are throwing her out of the apartment. Yeah, no, it, it, this has just been a, a mudslide for her, like... And she has to move back in with her mother. Yeah, it's bad. It, it's so bad. Remember how mom thought she hit bottom? No, 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 no. No. <laughs> now we've hit bottom. <sighs> Guys, we're at we're at the wedding shower. Here we are. The fucking incident. Yeah. The way she's, when she's driving into the Harris estate and she gets handed a pink lemonade by a maitre d' or whatever. Which I can tell from the way it looks that it's delicious. <laughs> the way she's like, oh, god damn it. That's, that's so good. <laughs> no, 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 no. She has to, not only does she have to give the car to a valet, but then she has to go from the car to horseback. Yeah, to go to the reception. (laughs) With her legs crossed, trying not to let her cooter fall out. Her walking into the shower and through to the courtyard, all of the Parisian themes, like the old show posters. Yeah, Helen has gone to the trouble of getting like fake Parisian show posters with Doug and Lillian's names on them. The unsanitary chocolate fountain. Ew! The gigantic Parisian heart cookie. When that waiter comes by, would you care for some champ? Yes. <laughs> oh no, Ross, 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 Ross. Talk about the party favors. All right. Which this is just disgusting, by the way. The party favors are tiny golden retriever puppies. With pink berets. With pink berets. And I'm like, first of all, you know she got them from a puppy mill. Yeah. And second of all, what happens to the dogs if no one takes them home? Literally. Oh, oh I hate Helen. And like... She meets up with Lillian. Things are weird. Yeah. You know, she's like, oh my God, you came. She's like, well, I was invited. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> are we okay? Yes. I'm sorry I haven't I called. I'm, I just didn't want to bug I, no, you. No, forgive me. I, I, it just got crazy. Yeah. Everything's I've just so been much like, lots of organizing. and I have to say hi to my aunt or she'll get mad at my mom. Oh, just, oh yeah, I know. You got to go do your yeah, party. I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll see you in a minute. Okay. okay. 
we sit down to do gifts. Oh, I hate this. We sit down to do wedding gifts, and Annie's gift to Lillian is good. You know, like it's very thoughtful. She makes like a collage of younger pictures of them and like boys they liked in like the 80s and 90s and like there's some Corys on that collage that's all I'm saying Lillian's favorite band is Wilson Phillips she got her Wilson Phillips CD and like it's a box full of things from all her favorite shops in the city yeah it's it's, god like I wasn't even sure that Annie was capable of this yeah no it was really great it was a really good gift I will also just mention here that Judy is there yeah. Her mother is there. Yeah. I just want to make that clear before we go forward. <laughs> oh, because Judy's going to have to watch all of this fall apart? Oh. Hel- Helen can sit on a chode until she splits in half. Stop. <laughs> I didn't like that. Sorry. I a just. A little too violent. It's how I feel. Um, And then Helen is like, oh my God, Lillian, I've been so busy with the shower. I actually didn't remember to get you a gift. Oh, you two-faced Floor flushing, scum sucking little society matron. She hands Lillian a card. Lillian opens it up. It's got two tickets to Paris in it. It's just a little pre-wedding vacation, and while we're there, we're going to meet the designer of her dress and have a fitting. <gasps> you are taking me to Paris. Everyone is overjoyed, shocked. This is Lillian's dream. Yeah. And just the way <laughs> Annie's elevator goes crashing, like Silent Hill fathoms in her body. Unhinged Annie! Unhinged Annie! Unhinged Annie! Anyone, everyone's screaming and clapping and <laughs> laughing, and just, it's the buildup for me. Are you fucking kidding me? Annie? No, Mom. Motherfucking Paris? Annie, what are you doing? I told you about Paris, Helen. I told you about this whole idea. Annie, calm no. down. Lillian, what are you gonna go? You're gonna go to Paris with Helen now? What are you gonna? You guys gonna ride around on bikes with berets and fucking baguettes in the basket of the front of your bikes? Oh, how romantic! Which, listen, the homophobic humor aside, this is a completely inappropriate reaction, but. I do agree with one of Annie's points, which is that the way Lillian is leaning into this whole thing is so incredibly fake. Yeah, no, she's like, I don't even recognize you anymore. The Lillian I know would think that this whole thing was ridiculous, overdone, and just crazy. Like, look at this shower. Look at that (laughs) fucking cookie. Did you really think all the women at this function were going to consume that cookie? Oh, wait, I forgot. I didn't get to try the fucking cookie. Stupid fucking cookie. I am not even going to use the audio from this because I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm loving your rendition of it. She begins to make an even worse ass out of herself by destroying all the food items, the displays. Oh, let's have some nice unsanitary <laughs> chocolate trying to push over the chocolate fountain and she puts her hands in it to scoop it out but it's boiling hot <laughs> and this is where Lillian has had enough and decides to start giving it back because Annie's making this all about her you know what why can't you just be happy for me and then go home and talk behind my back later like a normal person I am happy for you, Lillian. I am very happy for you. I wish you well. I won't bother you anymore. And if you're gonna act like this, then don't even bother coming to my wedding. I'm proud of you, Lil. Shut up, Helen! Anybody else have anything they wanna share today? And so, yeah, Lillian uninvites her to the wedding, her own maid of honor. God, 
when you think things can't get worse, Annie is driving home from the shower, and there's a porcupine minding his own business in the middle of the road. So she brakes, right? But what does she not have, Carrie? Her brake lights. Yeah. And so the car behind her rear ends her and then takes off. (laughs) I'm gonna come get you! But she can't get the car to start again. And so she calls the police in a tow truck and I swear to God, is Rhodes the only cop in this town? Yeah, he is there grilling her about her taillights again. (laughs) And like, it's just if he is legit the only cop in this town or if he's stalking her at this point. Well, he was calling her, right? But then he's like, okay, I get it. Message received. I won't ever bother you again, you know? But then he shows up to the accident site and he's doing this annoying thing where he's using her broken taillights as a metaphor for the false start to their relationship. Yeah. I'd hate this. Do you have any idea how frustrating it is to see you night by night drive past me with your fucking taillights still broken? You have any idea how crazy that makes me? It's a simple solution. Your problem, Annie, is that you just don't understand that you can hurt people with these broken lights. See, this is why I don't understand why you were so tough on him earlier, because, yeah, she is kind of using her whole me, me, me mentality to get out of, you know, reciprocating any of the genuine and appropriate affection he's shown for her so far. You know, I know the baking stuff was a little intimate for her right off the start, but, like, they'd already hung out a couple of times since then, and it's not like he got down on one knee, bud. Yeah, I know. He he was literally just trying to give her new memories with baking so she wouldn't hate doing it anymore. They're already having a raw moment. (laughs) Oh, no. And then Ted pulls up. (laughs) Ted was the only one she could call to give her a ride home. Boom! What's up, fuck buddy? Call for some roadside assistance? Thanks, officer. I can handle it from here on out. Come on! I I didn't have anyone else to call! I didn't know you were gonna show up! That's the problem with cops, Annie. We're just never there when you need us. And then... And then... Again, it just gets worse. She's in the car with Ted... And just when you think Ted might be doing a nice thing, he asks her to give him roadhead. Yeah, and she's like, listen, just let me out of your car. I'd rather die out here than spend the next half hour with you. (laughs) You know, if you're trying to turn me on, it's working. You used me. No big deal. You are no longer my number three. Okay, when when she is crying on the couch watching Castaway yeah. with Tom Hanks. <laughs> Wilson! Yeah, it's the scene where Tom Hanks, having been stuck on this island for who knows how long, has actually bonded with a volleyball. I called it a basketball, and Carrie Ann corrected me immediately. I said, excuse you, <laughs> it's a Wilson volleyball. It's at this moment she's watching the movie, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> she opens it up. Megan is there with nine golden retriever puppies. I'm coming in. (laughs) She didn't take two puppies, guys. She took nine. Let's go. Let's go. And we're healing. We heal. Heal. Megan, it really is the best character. Megan is the realist in this scene. Megan is here to tell her what she truly needs to hear, which is that she's a fucking asshole and she doesn't want help. She just wants people to listen to her bitch. She just wants to have a pity party, right? I literally wrote, 
Megan is here to give Annie the Ross McMichael treatment. Aww. Yeah, because this is what you do to me when I'm feeling sorry for myself. You literally, you literally sit me down. You pat me on the knee and you go, hey, you know who feels sorry for themselves? Losers. Losers. <laughs> and then you get me to laugh. I don't think you want help. I think you want to have a little pity party. Pity what? You Ow. You're an asshole, Annie. Oh my God, what are you doing? You're an asshole. I'm life, huh? Oh. Life bothering you? Oh, yes, that's, I'm life, what are you Annie. Doing? I'm life, Annie. Oh, what are you doing? What are you, Megan? You better learn to fight because life will bite. Yeah? Life is gonna, I'm life and I'm going to bite you in the ass. She is roughhousing with her on the couch and actually bites her on the ass. I have Melissa McCarthy is biting Kristen Wiig on the behind. And like, she finally gets to the point where she has to slap her off of her. <laughs> and he slaps Megan off of her. Nice hit. <laughs> So Annie decides to categorically stop being an asshole. Yeah. She finally gets her tail lights fixed by Bill Cosby with a Z. <laughs> and I think I think the implication in this scene is that her mom Judy hooks up with Mr. Cosby. Yeah, I don't we don't need to expand. <laughs> and it's like, you know, she she bakes a carrot cake for Rhodes, a sorry carrot cake. Yeah. Which he doesn't accept, but But it's nice. She tried, you know. So we're having another depression morning. It's the day of Lillian's wedding. And she's not going to go. She's not welcome. Yeah, she doesn't think Lillian wants her there. And ding dong, the Wicked Witch of the North Side is here. Yeah, no, Helen is here looking for Lillian. Yeah, the, nobody can find Lillian. Lillian is M.I.A. on her own wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even know it. Yeah. They get in Annie's piece of shit car to go look for Lillian. And like the only thing, and, and I swear to God, Ross. I know, Carrie. This is where the movie truly betrays me because they are really going to try and make me feel bad for Helen at the 11th hour. This whole scene with Helen apologizing to Annie in the car for all the shitty shit she did to her. And I'm like, it's, and I'm with, I'm with Annie. It's a little too late. It's a little too late for all of that, you know? Like she's like, listen, I just, don't have a lot of female friends. I'm fretfully insecure. I'm lonely. My husband doesn't pay attention to me. I think people just ask me to their weddings because I'm good at organizing parties. I don't have any female friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, you're smiling. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's the first time I've ever seen you look ugly. And I'm like, she's so gorgeous, she's so rich, she's so privileged. I know. I refuse to have forgiveness for Helen. We right don't now. feel bad for her. We do not. We do not. Just, a, just the same way we don't really feel bad for Annie, we double don't feel bad for Helen. It is the policy of Sorry Mom Productions that we do not feel bad for Helen Harris the <laughs> third. Oh my god. And you know what? This whole sequence where she's trying to get help from Rhodes, the only cop she knows in her near vicinity. Yeah, they. she drives to Rhodes, who is sitting at his usual speed trap spot. Yeah. And he's ignoring her. She's trying to get his attention through the window. He will not even look up. This and whole sequence is great. It her, is. Her trying to get his attention. She starts doing incredibly reckless and illegal things in front of him in the car. Speeding by him, positively skirting by him. Yeah. Like texting and driving, littering, drinking a fake beer, 
Mmm, beer! Nom, 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 nom. Doing donuts in the middle of the highway. The one where she is, both her and Helen, are completely reclined in their seats. Hey, who's driving that car? Can we go up now? It's not clever. Hey, I'm topless! I'm totally topless! It culminates with her finally just rear-ending him. <laughs> Slightly. She just... Ever so gently. She taps the back of his cruiser with her car. And he's like, really? <laughs> and they finally get him to trace... <laughs> to trace poor Lillian's cell phone number. And guess what, guys? She was in her fucking apartment the whole time. Yeah. Not... The, here's the thing. Here's what's not quite clear. Is that everybody expected her to be with Doug, right? Yeah. At his house. Yeah. Not the apartment that she was in when she was, you know, unmarried. So, yeah. She's just in her fucking apartment. They zoom zoom over to Lillian's apartment. Helen is made to stay behind. Good. Good. <laughs> Leave her ass in the car. Annie flies into her apartment. She's just in bed. Completely wrapped up in covers, Lillian is. Yeah, just moaning because her wedding is, is fucked up. It's overwhelming for her. Yeah, because Helen picked everything out. And they can't afford it. And it, it, it doesn't reflect who she is as a person, really. Yeah. It's just big and flashy and over the top. Because she's marrying money, right? Yeah. And, like, she tells Annie, this, is, this has been really hard to do without you. It's It's been... Shitty. I'm sorry. It's my fault. No, it's my fault. I think I'm the one with the the mental problems. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it my turn to be crazy? Yes. The bride's supposed to be crazy, Technically, right? You kind of stole all the crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> that is both Helen and Annie's fault. It kind of is. Jointly, right? you know? And she's just not ready for everything to change. She doesn't want to lose her old life. She doesn't want to lose her friends. She doesn't want to lose the apartment she loves. When she's talking about the bathtub, she's like, you know how much I love my bathtub. And Annie's like, it's a good tub. I slept in there on my 30th birthday. <laughs> Annie's like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Things will change, but it'll be fine. And you're going to take this next big, beautiful step in your life. And the next big, beautiful step is apparently marrying Tim Idecker. <laughs> You're going to take this huge, great, beautiful step. And Dougie loves you more than anything. And so do I. But, but what about you? What's going to happen to you? I'm going to be fine. And I wrote, thank you. <laughs> That is what she has needed to say the whole movie. You you feel like we took way too long to get here? I'm I'm going to be okay. Yeah, you are going to be fine. Annie, <laughs> stop having them stop. Ugh, you're stop. you're so upset you can't speak. <laughs> Just stop, Annie. Just stop. Just stop. Stick to vodka and stop. And then they laugh over how bad the dress <laughs> Lady Saint oh. you designed no. for. No, okay, no. The big hullabaloo that was made about this wedding dress and when she finally comes out in it to show Annie Ross she looks like a snowy egret at Mardi Gras I know it's really fucking bad <laughs> and you know what they just kind of have a nice day getting ready for the wedding reconnecting and you know healing with one another using this time 
to have a good day with one another and make her wedding day nice. We go to the wedding. It's as over the top as we it, said. Yeah, the wedding. You have to explain it. <laughs> okay, no, the entire bridal party and the efficient are in this, like, reflection pool type deal, <laughs> yeah. but they're all up on platforms out there in the middle of the water, and I'm like, how did we get out here without getting wet? Like a little raft, like Buckleberry Ferry. Like- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's this big LED screen behind them, and when Doug and Lillian say, I do, it lights up with a heart around the words, they I do. They do. <laughs> you looked at me and you're like, do they have an option for they don't? Can you imagine? Like a heart that breaks in half? <laughs> they don't. They don't. And everybody's wearing the French Bernays. Uh, <laughs> listen, I know how much I talk shit about that dress, but it really was the best option. And the wedding was a nice moment. Yeah, th- Annie fixed her dress, and Annie gets to stand right next to her, not Helen. <laughs> but, you know, Helen can't not have her last moment in the sun. Oh, no, Helen is upstaging. Because yeah. she already paid for it. She might as well get to do it, right? This is insane. I know. Because what is Helen's wedding gift to Lillian? Having her favorite band, Wilson Phillips, (laughs) perform immediately following the marriage ceremony. (laughs) The way that Annie looks at her and goes, this is the last time. Yeah, like... (laughs) This is the last time you get to act like this. And and, and Helen's like, I promise, it's the last thing. Good song. It is. It is. It's. It's a fun little bit, and then we're all leaving. We're all leaving. No. No. Hold on. You, you can't lose it. You can't lose it. Let me get there, okay? All right. <laughs> Lillian and Doug get in the limo and they drive away. And Megan walks up next to Annie. She looks like she's about to cry. She's cracking up. Yeah. She, she's. She's laughing. Something is so funny. I put a, uh, a loaded gun in Dougie's carry-on. TSA is going to just rip his ass apart. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Melissa McCarthy. She's taking it so seriously. I put a loaded gun in Dougie's carry-on. She's just thinking it's so funny. He's my brother. I love him, but he's, he's a, a fucking, fucking asshole. <laughs> And, like, we make nice with Helen. Barf. I, come on, Von Tussle, shake your fanny muscles. No, you can't. Yes, we can. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't sit with us. Let's forgive the villain in the final second. I hate it so much. Oh, my but God. It, I mean, listen, at least Annie is being the <gasps> bigger person. Yeah, I... By trying to make nice with Helen and be her friend from now on. I'm glad the lesson is here. Yeah, made this all about myself. Shouldn't have done that. We'll do better in future. <laughs> we'll do better. And like, who is waiting out front for her? It's Rhodes. Yeah, with the cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't her date, but 
he's here at the last fucking possible second. To take her out, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny. He makes her sit in the back of the cruiser. It's regulations. You can't sit up front. She sat up front earlier. Yeah, when you were chasing the speeder. Yeah, I guess regulations didn't matter then. He <laughs> ducks her head to put her in the car. Sorry, force of habit. <laughs> Can I please get in the front seat? Actually, no, I'm, I'm afraid there's a warrant out for your arrest. What? Why? Uh, reckless driving, littering, texting, consuming alcohol while operating a vehicle. You didn't think I was gonna let you get away with that, did you? Can we put the siren on, please? And then I have it all capital letters! This credit sequence! Yeah, I know. Because with, with the with the hold on to one more day by Wilson Phillips. Yeah, Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph lip syncing <laughs> in each other's faces, grabbing each other's breasts. Cracking up. It's great. But okay, so here's the thing. Ross and I watched the unrated version, which there's really only two key differences between the unrated version and the theatrical version. The uncut version incorporates this scene where Annie goes on a blind date in the middle of the movie and she's forced to have to sit and entertain his very small, weird child. That got cut from the film entirely. Which is why we didn't talk about it. Yeah. But we are going to talk about the second thing. It's super uncomfortable. But then <laughs> there's, at the end of the film, in the middle of the credits, which have just gotten started, <laughs> it cuts to Megan on home video in the background on the bed in nothing but a robe and some some lace shorts. <laughs> Is Air Marshal John? Because they're a thing now. Her husband, Ben Falcone. <laughs> and they're making a sex tape featuring a two foot long hoagie with all the fixins. Oh, yeah, that's a good looking bear sandwich. Yeah, that's a big bear sandwich. Do you want a bite of that yeah. sandwich? Mm. It's meat and cheeses. Uh oh. I hope you don't have a, a salad. Oh, yeah. She's like taking the bologna off the sandwich and putting it on his nipples. And eating them off his nipples. <laughs> the last shot of the film <laughs> is her deep throating this sandwich off of Air Marshal John's chest and stomach. Hold on for one more day. It's really all about Megan McCarthy for me, guys. <laughs> I can't, I can't. Like, I don't think that movie's as funny as other people do, but that last bit takes me out. I can't, I can't, I, it's like watching a car crash. You want to look away, but you can't. It's, oh, guys, I love that movie. Oh, I get it. It's not the gem everyone thinks it is, but like. It's got some good moments. And goddamn it, it was the only movie anybody quoted that entire summer. It, like for two years, all we did was quote that movie. Like, like you would just, in the middle of a conversation, you would look at me and go, there is a colonial woman on, on the, the wing, wing. She's, she's, turning turning butter. Butter. she's turning butter she's turning butter something they're not telling us <laughs> like she's in the middle of a twilight zone episode oh man that's our last film on female dynamics and relationships yeah and like and we'll and, be doing it again of but course like, we'll be doing it again probably next year there's so many great examples of that i really do like the choices we came up with this month because they're all groups right they're all groups we had the heavenly creatures mm -hmm. the first wives club yeah the steel magnolias and the bridesmaids absolutely and you know and like they all have their own dynamics and yeah sometimes it's just about maybe 
two people in a group as opposed to the whole, but it's still, they all have their own chemistry and they're all their own ways of working with each other. Let's put the heavenly creatures in Steel Magnolias. No! Absolutely not. You can't. They're two different time periods. (laughs) All right, guys. Moving on to April. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I kind of wanted to do, again, another repeat theme because it went so well last year. Fool-ass films! Fool-ass films. But this year, we're going to focus specifically on genre parody films. Yes, yes. Movies that are funny on purpose. Some will be absolutely ridiculous. Others will actually have an air of craft to them. Yes, yes. And I think we have a lovely little selection picked out. Mm-hmm. And just to go for a complete 180 tonal shift. Sure. Next week, guys, <laughs> Ross is Fosse. Ross is Fosse already. Yeah, let's get this uh, horror genre one out of the way, huh? <laughs> Uh, you have heard me speak against this film on this podcast before, <laughs> but maybe I'm just a big baby and didn't give it enough of the chance first time around. <laughs> I was mad. It was making me mad, and maybe I wasn't aware that it was a parody <laughs> before all that shit started happening at the end. Guys, next week we will be covering the 2011 horror parody film, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm giddy right now. I, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad oh, for you. Oh my god! Starting off full ass films right. <laughs> this is gonna be one of my favorites. I can tell. Yeah, look in at that foolishness next week, folks. In the meantime, guys, please go check us out on Twitter at Kick and Stream. Yeah, K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an ant. Not an ampersand. Please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet. We want everyone to come and join this little watch party. Okay, well, if you're going to be resentful about the fact that you have to do it again. Let's practice the three R's. Record, record, record. Like, we could literally just... (laughs) And don't forget to go check out the Patreon, guys. Guys, there's so much good content waiting for you over there. There's never been a better time to give us your money. Check it out. More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, sorry mom. mom.